Hello everyone, Jason Grandin with the Grandin Group, Arizona's number one brother and sister real estate team. Live, episode four of season three. Thank you so much for making Arizona Real Estate Showcase one of Arizona's number one podcast, real estate related. And for those of you that have been listening, you know we don't just sit here and talk about real estate. We talk about kind of more of a lifestyle Fun stuff, different things that are going on in the market, giving you a real view of what's going on. Because I don't think you have any interest in me telling you, oh, I think the market's going up. I think it's going down. I'm not sure what it's doing, this and that. You have no interest in that. We are here to make sure that when you move to Arizona, you love it. And when you sell, that uh, we're getting you the most for your house. So with that said, we've got quite a bit to cover today. Needless to say, it has been a uh, wild ride and um, we're going to actually touch base a little bit on some stuff today that we talked about in some past podcasts, but it was, um, I got a couple emails, people asking, just to kind of go over this again. So what's up with this market? You know what? I, I got to tell you, first of all, it's fantastic. The Granning Group and uh, many of our fellow realtors are doing incredibly well. Um, you go out, in fact, we took this uh, gentleman out, we've been showing him for like six months, we put in offers. We submitted an offer a couple weeks ago. 83 showings on the house. 83. They had 44 offers. We were in the top two. And, you know, a lot of people are asking, well, how do you even, what do you do? I need to see the comps. I need to see this and that. As much as I hate to say it, comps do not work right now. So if someone says, hey, there's a house that just hit the market for three fifty. It's an Arrowhead Ranch. It's a three bedroom, two bath. It's for three hundred fifty thousand bucks. You're probably going to be playing closer to the four hundred thousand dollar mark on that right now. Now, what is driving this? Everybody's got their opinions and stuff like that. But being a native here to Arizona in this great state and the perfect weather we're having. In fact, the weather is so perfect. I've been out by the pool. Uh, you got this nice little lawn set out there. You just kind of kick back. It's absolutely perfect weather. Shorts and t-shirt weather, maybe a light sweater sometimes. Other than that, it's absolutely perfect. But anyways, so what is driving this market? Well, the values are nuts. First of all, it, it, this and it, you know what? It's all over the board, by the way, price-wise. But generally, and this is generally, I don't want to get slammed by making statements that aren't true. Things that are under, let's just say, $450,000, let's say at $500,000, are going to have multiple offers on it. So, um, first of all, we got 300 people a day moving here to Phoenix. Rent prices are ridiculous. Some of the rentals, that you, the rule of thumb used to be anywhere from like 90 cents to a dollar a foot on rentals. And now, if you can find a decent rental for $1,500, you should rent it just to rent it. So, it's, uh, it's crazy. And with 300 people a day moving here... Uh, especially places where they're selling their 900-square-foot condo for $10 bucks, it's, it's just driving the numbers up. So we're getting beat out by cash offers. That's one. And two, we have um, just an influx of people that are realizing, wait, why should I rent for some ridiculous amount of money when I can buy? And, you know, so your FHA buyers are getting beat out by your conventional buyers. Your conventional buyers are getting beat out by your cash buyers. So it's really important to have a agent in your corner in things like this. And one of the biggest things, and, and I will go to my grave with this one, communication. So 
if you, you'll see on a lot of the listings, a lot of the agents are like, don't call me if uh, I'm going to present offers on Sunday at 5 o'clock and just submit it by then and we'll take care of it then. Well, you know what? That is not the way this was supposed to be done. You have to communicate. And if your agent is not communicating or getting a hold of the other one, it's going to be a very difficult transaction. So Jim, the guy we just sold a house to, we put in offers on probably six or seven homes before we got accepted on one last night, thank God. So, um, and, and Jim was getting frustrated. I mean, we were in second place on a lot of them, beat out by cash, beat out by 10000 bucks. One house, we were beat out by 40000 and we were in second place. It, it's crazy. So the one last night, I honestly believe this is the way it went down. We got, we found him a home. We submitted an offer, called the agent, had a discussion with the agent, a nice conversation, by the way. The lender called the agent, had a nice discussion with him. And so she had eight offers on this house. Our client was at 450. She had two other offers at 460. And we got the offer. Why is that? Why? And a lot of people have asked, why would they take 10,000 less? Well, there are certain things. So one, the way the terms are written up, makes a big part of it. So for those of you that are selling your house and uh, you're coming over to the Grandin Group, this is one thing we're going to look at. You might get an offer for 10000 over your asking price and another offer for 5000 over your asking price, for example. Sometimes that 5000 over is better. And let me tell you why. People that shorten the inspection period, you get through a lot of the contract stuff where they have a chance to get out of it by shortening it up. So you go from seven days or 10 days to five days, maybe three, depending on how fast you can get a or an inspector out there. Um, waiving the appraisal, that has been huge. What does that mean? That means if you pay 450000 for a house that was listed at four hundred, and the appraisal comes in at four you're going to pay that difference between four fifteen and four fifty on top of your down payment. That knocks a lot of people out because a lot of people don't have that kind of cash. And, it, and you know, it's it's a roll of the dice. Sometimes the houses don't appraise. We've been pretty lucky lately, but that's one of the big things now. So waiving the appraisal. And now this is one thing that I do not necessarily recommend. Some people waive the uh, inspection. We advise our clients never, never waive the inspection. Now, you might take it as is in some cases. Um, I like to kind of leave the caveat where if you take it as is, as long as it's not big items like major roof problems that the seller is not willing to fix or major mold issues, stuff like that. But uh, I'm not a big fan of as is. But that's that's where a good agent comes in. They have a little money put aside. They can go in and fix some of those small items for you. And it makes things go smoother. So again, you ask, why would I take 10000 less or 5000 less on an offer? So those are a couple things. Maybe those bigger offers have, they didn't make those changes. They want their 10-day inspection period. They want the appraisal. So, you know, you're rolling the dice there in this market. The other thing is, you know, we go back to the communication on it and stuff. Being able to talk to the other agent, the selling agent or the buyer's agent, and finding out about the person. Is this person, you know, are they an investor? Are they a primary buyer? Have they uh, backed out of other homes? The last thing a seller wants is for somebody to buy their house, get through 10 or 15 days of it, and then bam, nothing. Also, really important, if you guys are pre-qualified and actually through underwriting in this market before you go out and look at a home, it makes a world of difference. So in this case, our client pre-qualified all the way through underwriting. So we present our 450 offer. They have a, four, they have a 460 offer. 
They take ours because the lender says it's solid. We've waived a lot of issues. We've shortened our inspection period. And we've also had a really great uh, discussion with the listing agent. Bam, we get a house. And we beat out uh, eight other offers that were in there and made a good uh, good setup with the agent. And our buyer is going to be super happy. Bonus, they had solar on the house. It was paid for. So they actually are getting And one of the older plans, so they actually get money back. So great deal. And so it's just one of those deals with the values you've got to watch when you're trying to buy in this market. FHA buyers, I hate to tell you this, some of that stuff is impossible to do, waiving the appraisals and stuff. It's a different world when you're dealing with different types of loans, and this is why you need a good lender to discuss this with. So the values just keep coming up. Now, the other thing that we uh, had questioned, Jason, is this a bubble? We're in a bubble right now. Yeah, man, this is like 2008. We're, you know, we know, we know the market's going to come crashing down. That is an incorrect statement. That is a statement made by, one, scare tactics by the media, two, people that just don't understand what they're talking about. The 0708 deal was a banking deal with a bunch of D.C. politicians uh, ripping everybody off, um, along with other things, but that's the gist of it. So the reason we are not in a bubble, and, and a bubble does not mean it's not going to stabilize, just means it's not going to necessarily pop, in our opinion. So, yes, values are going up. More and more people are coming here, but what we are seeing is a little bit of stabilization. The prices are getting to the point now where it's like, you know what, we've peaked too high. So they're not plateauing. You're just not getting 500 offers on one house. It's just um, just kind of slowing down a little bit, kind of, you know, as interest rates climb, so they climb from 2.85 to 3.1, you knock a few people out of the market. When you see that happen, you're going to see the, um, the lines plateau. So your 400, your house that was on the market at 400,000, it's not necessarily going to go shooting up to 450000 You might still have a little bit of a bidding war, but as these interest rates climb, even a quarter of a percent, you start knocking different people out of the market. It's unfortunate. Um, and then that's where our rental market gets driven up, and our rental market is absolutely nuts. There's not nearly the amount of homes uh, a year ago that there are today. A year ago, you could no, we'll rent, and people would hold them 30 days. Now, you see a house, you have to rent it today because they're not going to hold it. It is gone that day. It's crazy. So another thing that's driving the values here, and we discussed this in a in uh, past episodes. And um, as many of you know, I've been involved with a lot of the local politics, with school boards, um, some of the lower races, as far as like district houses and stuff like that. Um, and one of the things that drives value, or a few things that drive value, I should say, are your communities. It is really important that everybody, whether you have kids or not. Whether uh, you're just you're moving to the neighborhood, you're a full-time resident, part-time resident, it is imperative that you get involved with the community. So, a few weeks ago, um, as you can tell in one of the former podcasts, I had to take my son to Turning Point USA, which is down off of Baseline in the I-10. For those of you that know the area, it's over there by the Point uh, Hotel. Really, really nice hotel. Little rundown because with COVID and everything, they haven't been keeping it up. But anyways. So we had to drop him off there. So my wife and I were like, hey, you know what? Let's go over to Arizona Mills Mall and grab some dinner while we're waiting for him and just check it out. Okay. So for those of you, let me set this, let me set this up. Arizona Mills Mall is in a nice area. Okay, it's a blue-collar area. 
But across the street and just literally maybe a mile and a half, two miles down the road, you've got multi-million dollar homes sitting on the side of the hill. And I'm talking very high end. You've got Ahwatukee up the road. Um, it's just a really nice area. You drive into Arizona Mills, and then you pass a strip club, a couple cigarette shops, a couple weed markets, um, a, um, a waffle house, and you pull into a rundown parking lot. Drug dealers going on, just zero vibe, lights are burnt out, road is tore up. So this is one thing that when I say get involved in your community, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you that live in areas by shopping centers, malls, strip centers, stuff like that, the property management, the owners of that place, the investors of those malls, strip malls, whatever they are, have a property management those property management people are being paid to manage that property. And if those properties are not being kept up, if there's riffraff going on, there's drug deals, there's a torn up parking lot, there's dead trees, there's no lights in the parking lot, whatever, the paint's chipping off the walls, or the whole place is run down, the value of your house is going down. Plain and simple. It doesn't matter. You can argue with me all day on this. But if you're living in those kind of areas where things are just kind of deteriorating and things aren't getting taken care of, you can watch your house values start to decline. Also, you start seeing different elements get into the areas that are dragging it down. So this is why it's important to stay on top of your community. So if you live next to one of those things, look over the wall or drive around there. And if it looks bad, call the property management company or the mall management and have them fix it. You deserve to live in nice communities. And hey, listen, they don't have to be million-dollar, $2 million communities. They can be a, a $250,000 community, but the place needs, needs to be kept up and safe. The other thing, too, is the um, uh, values are all dropping because of schools. Now, we've talked about this in past episodes. Your school boards, your school districts have a direct value on your house, plain and simple. You go to a school that has, you know, not very good teachers, underprivileged, um, just basically parents that really aren't involved, you're going to have lower values in the houses. Now, again, this has nothing to do with having a million-dollar house, and this is just taking some pride in the neighborhood. Make sure those school boards are actually making sure there's good activities for the kids. Make sure the kids aren't loitering, smoking cigarettes, drinking, no drugs, and keep a diligent eye out on all this stuff. If there's issues going on with the school, if it's deteriorating, if it needs paint, the parking lot's tore up, light bulbs are burnt out, trees are dead, call the school. If the school doesn't do it, call the district. And if that doesn't work, call me and I'll get you in contact with who you need to get in touch with. These are all things that affect the house values. And so we get calls and, hey, Jason, how come my house is only worth three fifty, but I go across the road and they're selling for 700000 Well, you know what? I can show you the examples of why that is. And, you know, you've got to make sure you and your neighbors take pride in your community. So I'm not dogging on anybody who's doing stuff out in their front yard. But you know what? If your neighbor has a bunch of weeds growing up in their front yard and they park halfway through the driveway and they don't pick up the dog feces and all this other stuff. Those are things that are going to start eventually just kind of spreading and those are the things that can be addressed. And hey, I don't want to pick up the neighbor's yard. I don't want to pull in the neighbor's trash. But guess what? If I want my values to go up and I want my neighborhood to be nice, sometimes I might say, ah, you know what? I'll go pull this trash can in. Or, 
he hasn't uh, picked weeds out in the front yard. I'll let me just ask him if it's cool if I do it and stuff like that. So, anyways, these are all just little things that are helping the values. The values are crazy. There's a lot of people moving here. And you've got to be proud about where you live. And trust me when I tell you myself, as an Arizona native, and the Grandin Group are incredibly proud to be living in Arizona. So the um, back to the schools, it's really important that you guys stay involved with the different schools. And then, So finally, some good news here is um, we've opened up a commercial division. So with all the businesses that have taken a hit from COVID, and we won't get into this because you know this is a non-political show. Most of you know my stance on this COVID deal, but for those of you that don't, I'm not a big fan of it, and many of our businesses here took a big hit. So with that said, we have opened up the Grand Group Commercial Division and Consulting. So that means if you're thinking about opening a restaurant, call us up. We're going to help you out. Um, I owned a restaurant out of college since I was the smartest person in the world. I bought a restaurant bar and it was four years of absolute nonsense. Hated every minute of it. It was a good experience, but I learned a lot. And, um, you I, you know, since I had opened up the planet Hollywoods and some chilies and stuff like that, I thought, oh, I can do this. And we did. The restaurant bar did great. We did fantastic. Just, it, it's a certain lifestyle. And so if you guys are thinking about maybe opening a restaurant, tattoo parlors, music venues, uh, truck stops, whatever the case is, um, we have some of the best attorneys. We've got some really great um, people that help us out with everything on it. We would love to be able to sell your commercial operation or sell you a commercial operation. We'll find you the best places. We'll do a ton of research for you. And we'll get you taken care of. So the Grandin Group Commercial Division is now open. We have a couple offices for sale. And we've got a couple little businesses that you own the land, by the way. We're not here to sell businesses. Generally, we'll take a couple on. We have a couple restaurants for sale that where you own the business. But there is a difference between owning the business and owning the land. If you can get the land, do it. Um, anyways, call us up and, and we can offer consulting, especially for those of you that are maybe just getting out of college and you're thinking... Yeah, man, you know what? I want to open a restaurant, do this. I've got a ton of advice, ton of ideas, and uh, it's all free when you use our service. So anyways, hope you got – oh, hey, I got to touch on this too. Realtors, people that are selling your house, all you sellers out there, no matter what, make sure your agents counter an offer. I don't care how ridiculous it is. So we submitted an offer today. And I get an email back real quick from the agent, and uh, they put, your offer is awfully low. You need to come up on it for us to even consider it. It's not up to the agent, first of all. It's up to the owner. So I, I fired back, and I said, well, we're not going to counter against ourselves. You see how well-qualified my client is because you attach a prequel, of course. And so shortly thereafter, I get a call from her, and she's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry. Let me get you a counter. And we're going to put this deal together, which is even funnier. So she didn't like the offer. They countered back. And it wasn't a bad counter, but it wasn't the offer we put in. But it also wasn't as uh, high as my client was willing to go. So guess what? Best of both worlds. Make sure you counter. There's just little things in this real estate market that need to happen to make sure everything flows smooth. We are full-time agents for your full-time life. That's another thing. We'll get into that in another podcast. Okay, listen, thanks again for listening to Arizona Real Estate Showcase. We are going to turn this into a video blog like I've been promising. You can also watch our show, The Lockbox, 
which will feature various businesses in Arizona. And um, anyway, you got questions, shoot them over and stuff. We'll have another podcast next week, maybe sooner, and we'll be talking about whatever issues you guys send over. So anyways, I am Jason, Jason Grandin with the Grandin Group, Arizona's number one brother and sister real estate team powered by Corcoran Platinum Living. Don't forget the Grandin Group commercial. And we look forward to talking to you guys. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. Call us if you need anything.